from the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey and from somewhere in the great state of South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint for week nine of the National Football League season. I'm Jeremy Schilling. He's Luke Morrow. Good morning, Luke. Good morning. And on this marathon Sunday in New York, we will sprint, unfortunately, not a marathon. Although the season is a marathon. You have to remember that. It is, but we're already here at the, the midway point here this week and next. So it's, uh, it's hard to believe we've already gotten to the halfway point. Uh, but the good news is we still have another half of an NFL season left to go. I am going to give you a segment idea for segment one of your show tomorrow, the Moral Midday Show, ESPN Radio, Charleston, 98.9 FM, charlestonsportsradio.com, noon to three. I'm on every Wednesday at one. Um, I'm going to give you a segment idea, and you're going to tell me if I've helped you or, or if you are ignoring me, okay? All right. The NBA may have the most juicy soap operas. But the NFL storylines week to week are some of the most fascinating, both on and off the field. I agree with that. Maybe, yeah, maybe I could turn that into something. Okay. I'm just trying to help, you know, just just one friend helping another. And as we workshop it out on streaming radio podcasts. Well, I appreciate it. I always appreciate that. Sometimes listeners will send me something. And I think, oh, that's a good segment. I love when other people do my work for me. So, yes, please, send me all ideas. Um, Side note, what percentage of feedback you get is usable and what percentage is not usable? Because I love when people talk about this. What is your usable, not usable um, kind of separation? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Usable. I would say, well... So here's the thing. I usually, I reference most things if it's worth bringing up. I wouldn't consider that usable, just referencing it on air. But in terms of, like, using it to actually turn into a segment or something along those lines, ah, I don't know, maybe 5% of what I get. I'm talking about, like, how many comments do you get that there's no chance you could ever say them on the air because they are just either vulgar or they demonize somebody or they're just complete bs and you just can't use it um so the negative comments haven't been as frequent as like probably when we first started i would say a third are like untouchable um and then the rest would be safe to at least reference or mention i probably aren't worthwhile though i always appreciate when people reach out and um but we do you know i i don't take myself too seriously. So even if there's some sort of negative comment that is at least appropriate enough to say on the air, we do a mail time and I read those as well just because I like to poke fun. So, um, so yeah, you know, I would say a third of them, I guess, a third of the comments are kind of like, uh, oh, yeah, we can't do anything with that. But uh, some of the negative comments will turn into uh, a segment anyway. So, And that is a perfect segue into uh, the first question the first game that we want to look into the Thursday night game that was won by Indianapolis over the Jets and Luke we have talked so much about um, the need for stability with the Jets offense and lo and behold 
They find Mike White. He gets hurt. Josh Johnson comes in, but the defense couldn't stop anybody. And it just is a situation where the NFL moves so quickly, so fast, that you literally forgot to ask me about him when I was on your show. Um, and and the Mike White you know, thing falling apart. And it's just amazing how fast this can move. And yet at the same time, the Jets defense, which was bad against the Patriots and then was bad again against Indy, showed up in the worst possible way. It was really astonishing to see. Is Luke there? Hello, Luke. Luke is uh, driving home through no man's land, uh, South Carolina. We will work to get that. I got you now. Okay, there you go. What I was saying was, A, it took me, you know, I had to remind you to ask me about Mike White, and then 24 hours later he gets hurt, Josh Johnson comes in, but in the end it's the Jets' defense that could not stop anybody. And this has become a problem for them, and that's not a good sign. No, I feel for you, Jets fans, for two reasons in particular right now. Because number one, you hire Adam Gase, who's supposed to be an offensive coach, and the offense is terrible. Then you hire Robert Sala, who's supposed to be a defensive coach, and now the defense is terrible. Of course, it's his first year, so it's a work in progress. And then the second part would be, uh, the one thing you have to be excited about is like, hey, let's see this Mike White kid. Let's see if maybe there's something here. National TV, Thursday Night Football, comes out, has that touchdown drive, and then gets injured, and now you're stuck watching... Josh Johnson, like the rest of us, uh, all night against the Colts while your defense gets torn up. So I feel bad for uh, for you Jets fans with that experience. For the Colts, they showed when Carson Wentz plays well and granted against a bad defense, but they showed their capabilities, their ability. They've blown a couple of games this year. Otherwise, their season could be really different right now. But there's talent there for Indianapolis, at least on the offensive side of the football, when Carson Wentz is playing well and taking care of the football, that the Colts can win some games. You saw why they're in the playoffs last year. And for the Jets now, you got to figure out which quarterback's going to be out there and why the third-string quarterback is having more success than the number two pick overall. That's not good. No, and it's going to be wild um, what they decide to do between Zach Wilson and Mike White if both are ready. I don't think anybody knows what direction Robert Sala is going to go with that decision. I personally would go with Mike White. He's been the better quarterback, go with the hot hand until the hot hand is no longer hot. Um, As we continue with this kind of sort of soap opera, we move to the Packers and everything that's going on with Aaron Rodgers and now trying to face and beat the Chiefs. We we will get to the game in a second. When you look at the situation involving Aaron Rodgers, when you look at the the, uh, uh, Pat uh, uh, McCaffrey show um, segment and appearance, where are you? Uh, where's your head on this? You're, you're somebody who has had to watch Aaron Rodgers for work and for pleasure being a Vikings fan um, a long time. You've seen this guy, besides Packer fans, up close as much as maybe anybody. Um, where's your head at with what it, we're seeing from Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I mean, I just can't I can't wait till he leaves the NFC. That's what I'm, I'm looking forward to for all the years that we've seen. I just think this kind of fits his personality or his 
lifestyle. Uh, I don't care if he or anybody is vaccinated or not. It doesn't make a difference to me. My whole thing has just been about how Rodgers has approached it in terms of lying. And even some of the things he said Friday uh, with Pat McAfee, at least according to reports, have already been debunked about what he said about the NFL. So, therefore, I would consider that more lies on Friday. That's just my issue. Obviously, nobody likes to be lied to. I don't care if you're vaccinated or not. It doesn't matter. I just don't think the way that the situation has been handled, uh, breaking protocols, because as he frankly said on Friday, you know, I, I don't, that doesn't make much sense to me, comes off to some of that arrogance that um, uh, Rodgers has displayed throughout his career. In terms of the football itself, though, if you're the Packers, I wouldn't say you can afford a loss. I don't know if that's ever the case, but it's almost like the Cowboys last week when they sat Dak Prescott because they thought, well, you know, if we do lose one game, we'll be fine. Let's make sure Dak's healthy. For Green Bay, it's like doing that without having to deal with the drama of you making the choice in the sense that now you got to look at Jordan Love here to see moving forward, okay, if Rodgers doesn't want to be here, now we know if we do have his replacement on the roster or not. This is his first career start. You're not the bad guy making the choice to sit down, Rodgers. That was because of something he did. And in the process, you get to look at Jordan Love against a lousy defense today, try to figure out what you can do moving forward from here. Um, but for, um, for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, yeah, it is quite the, uh, the soap opera issue there. We'll see if he's available next week. Uh, and um, I, I, as a Vikings fan, I love to see you know the drama around Rodgers and Green Bay. And I'm curious to see how Jordan Love looks today. Are you more curious to see how Jordan Love looks or more curious to see what happens with the Chiefs? This is a team that desperately needs a win and desperately, desperately, desperately needs a strong 60-minute performance. And if they could come out and take advantage of any opportunity the Packers give them, you got to think Patrick and company want this badly. This is a team that is vulnerable. This is not the Chiefs of a couple of years ago. This is really doable. Yeah, and if you lose today, I mean, that is just a backbreaker. You're at home. It's not Aaron Rodgers. I know Jordan Love was a first-round pick, and the Packers had and probably still do have high hopes for him, but he's never started a game in a regular season. You get him in your building. You have Patrick Mahomes. I'll take Mahomes over Jordan Love eight days out of the week. This is a must-win for Kansas City. I think they're favored by too much, but just get out of there with a win at home. If you lose this game, that's embarrassing, and we really, I know we've been having this conversation, but we really need to ramp up the conversation about what's going on with the Chiefs. You can't lose at home to Jordan Love in his first-ever start when you have Mahomes on your sideline. It is the Sunday sprint. Luke's here, Jeremy's here. Um, Hey, Luke, um, question for you. Ready? Um, I, um, you know, it's my responsibility to tell you what the game to watch golf during is. Uh, the golf is from 2 to 5 Eastern. There's a 1 p.m. game, 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern. It's Vikings um, and it's Ravens. Should that be the game to watch uh, golf during? No, it shouldn't. Okay. Um, let me, and I'll explain why. Here's my reasoning with this game. I think, and I may be way off because I said this about, I think it was the Ravens-Bengals game, and that ended up being a blowout and one-sided, so I was half wrong. I think we could get a lot of points in this game. I think the Vikings bounced back from last week. I'm not going to tell you Minnesota's going to win this game, but I do think it'll be a good game, and I think we could get a lot of points because the Ravens actually have the worst pass defense in the league. 
And Kirk Cousins played terrible Sunday night against the Cowboys, but we know about all the weapons the Vikings have, and I think after that game, he's going to come out, the offense is going to come out and try to open it up a little bit because they were so conservative Sunday, and they took all sorts of heat all week because of that. On the flip side, the Ravens have a top-five rushing attack. The Vikings' defense is bottom five in stopping the run. So it's kind of strength versus weakness, in a sense, for both of these offenses. So I think, and I've been wrong about this with the Ravens before, last time I said this, but I think we'll get a lot of points today from both sides. I think it'll be a close game. So I think it'll be an interesting game. I could be dead wrong. The Ravens could come out and just pound the Vikings today. But I think it'll be close and high scoring and therefore interesting to even just the common fan. Number one, 22-2 Baltimore wins this game. 22-2. 22-2. That would be something. That would have to be a score, Gami. Quite possibly. And actually, that's not my game to watch golf during it. It's Houston-Miami. Remember, two is out. Broken yeah. finger. Um, can't get me to watch that game. We'll talk more about that later. Um, we need to pick one more game here before uh, Ravens um, and, uh, I'm sorry, before Titans-Rams. Um, so I'm doing this on the spot because I feel like it um, – is there any game besides Titans Rams that you think we should talk about that we haven't yet? Yeah, there's a few interesting storylines today. I mean, maybe the first one that just jumps out to me: division losses. Uh, it's just a question, I think, of who who you trust to bounce back more today. Uh, both teams needing a win in that AFC North, and and then you have the OBJ drama of him getting shipped out this week or, or just cut by the Browns. I think I trust Cincinnati more at home, but these are two teams that both need to come back and, and try to put together good performances after the, the last week that they just had um, to try to you know keep uh, set the pace, I guess, in that division. I'm telling you, I think people are going to want OBJ to go back to the Giants. He is not a playoff contender. I really think the Patriots could be the right person for him. Discipline, get him on the ball. I think that could really be a good place if he's willing to be a team player, which we've seen him have problems doing in the past. I, I agree with you. Uh, I've seen certain teams mentioned. I wouldn't like the Raiders interim coach, Derek Carr. No. I guess I don't like that fit. Plus, yeah, I agree with you. Plus Vegas. Plus Vegas. And nothing personal against OBJ, but I, I just don't know with a party atmosphere like that, I just don't know if that's the right place for him. Yeah, I agree, and I agree with the idea of structure too. Whether it's Bill, uh, you know, Belichick in New England, like a Sean Payton, yep. New Orleans, Green Bay with even an Aaron Rodgers, not Vegas where you have again Carr and an interim head coach and Mark Davis. That's not going to fix any of the, the issues. So you got to go somewhere where you're not going to be the biggest star in the room. I guess. <laughs> That's the connection breaking up, but I totally agree with that. All right, one more of these, Luke. We're almost at the finish line. Titans, Rams, and I'm telling you, Luke, A, the trade that the Rams made, but I'm very curious. Adrian Peterson almost went to Dancing with the Stars. Derrick Henry gets hurt. Now he's with the Titans. So you can talk about the trade for Von Miller here, but I'm telling you, I really think that what Adrian Peterson can give to them could be very interesting. He's on the older side, but clearly if Dancing with the Stars wanted him, they thought he had potential. We'll see what the Titans saw tonight. Yeah, he's going to have to be dancing against the Stars tonight uh, in this matchup. Uh, he, um, 
he's my favorite running back of my lifetime. Um, and we should point out former Viking, which is you know why Luke got a very intimate look at, at him over the years. Sorry, go ahead. I just wanted to help our I'm listeners. Gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I, I'm going to throw the old uh, AP Vikings jersey on tonight while I watch the game. I'm excited to see what he brings. I mean, he's 36 years old, so it's hard to uh, maybe expect too much. Hasn't played this year, but um, the Titans need something because that's an offense that was built around Derrick Henry, and now you're going to potentially be asking a lot from Tannehill, and I don't know if he's up to the task, especially tonight on the road against the Rams to begin. Yeah, I have no idea either. I uh, Are the Rams the best team in the NFC? Because I think they are. Uh, I know they, uh, you know, I know, no, I, I still say the Buccaneers, even with that matchup, you know, that took place earlier this, this year, I just trust Brady and the Buccaneers more. Uh, I think it's them and the Rams, those are the top two teams. Well, it's not who do you trust, because I, I, I'm with you that I trust him way more than I trust Stafford. But, but the question is, who's the better team? Uh, it's it's I, close. Yeah, it, it it is. I mean, the Buccaneers' defense has been a little bit of a concern this year. So in that sense, you know, I probably the Rams do probably have uh, certainly on paper the better defense. So yeah, I mean, maybe the Rams. I think those are clearly the top two teams. Pick your poison uh, in, in a game in the playoffs. I would trust the Bucks more to win. Um, and on that choppy note, Luke, we are getting to the end of our radio program. Uh-huh. I know, even through the choppy roads of South Carolina. Um, okay, so uh, game of the day uh, for me is Packers-Chiefs. You? Yeah, I'm going to say the same. I think it still is, even without Rodgers. Uh, now I'm just curious to see how Jordan Love looks. That's the big story in this one. My sleeper is Pats-Panthers. Panthers could get um, Sam Darnold back. Pa- uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Pats, that is. Uh, let's make sure I got that right. The Panthers are, are getting Darnold back. The Patriots, or the Pats, are trying to stay afloat as the AFC wildcard picture works itself out as we head towards the new year. You, sir. Yeah, that's a good one. To be different, I'll say 49ers-Cardinals. Uh, not sure if Kyler Murray's going to end up playing, um, so that changes things. The 49ers are getting a little healthier, uh, but Cliff Kingsbury's teams, college and NFL, always fade starting this time of the year. So if Kyler Murray doesn't play, that changes things. But I want to see him on the road against San Francisco in a November game like this, see what we get from the Cardinals. They're a little banged up right now. You have heard my game to watch golf during. What's yours? Uh, to be different, I'll say Bills, Jaguars. The Jaguars have the one of the worst pass defenses. Josh Allen will have a big day. The Bills can pressure the quarterback. Trevor Lawrence struggles against pressure. I think that game gets ugly quick. I am with you. Uh, totally worldwide technology championship. Victor Hovland, two-shot lead over Taylor Gooch, three-shot lead over Justin Thomas. Worldwide technology championship at Mayakoba, 2 p.m. Eastern time on Golf Channel. Person or player to watch today. It's the segment Luke never preps for. We're going to let him prep while I tell you that it's everybody who is running the New York City Marathon. Kudos to you. I could never do it. That's amen. Amen to that. Um, I can't even, you know, run to the car. Um, <laughs> I, by the way, speaking of golf, I was at a, I, I went by Augusta National this morning, um, and it was uh, like Fort Knox over there. Um, it really is a uh, militarized security zone. 
We shall see how it plays out. Luke, as always, thank you for joining us on a Sunday morning. My pleasure, as always. Hopefully the cell service wasn't too terrible. I think it was just fine and dandy. For Luke, I'm Jeremy. We'll see you next week on the Sunday Sprint. Enjoy week nine, everybody.